Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. My name is Alex Israel. Today, Malachim Aleph, Perak Yudbet, Chapter 12. Say you want a revolution, well, you know, we all want to change the world. Revolution it is, as we read in this chapter, Chapter 12, the split of the kingdom, the division of the nation into two states, the south, Yehuda, and the north, Israel or Ephraim. And the kingdom is split here after the death of Solomon and never, ever reunites. The truth is, in chapter 12, we really have two stories. The first one to do with King Rehavam, Solomon's son, and the split of the kingdom. The second with his opponent, Yeruvam, where Yeravam um, creates in the north a whole new religion. And we're going to have to leave that second section until tomorrow. We'll deal with it in the context of chapter 13. So back to chapter 12. Shlomo has died, as we read in the last Sukim of chapter 11. He ruled for 40 years, and now his son Rechavam takes over. Rechavam comes for his coronation to Shechem, ki Shechem ba kol Yisrael hamlichoto. He goes to a town up in the north, it's the capital of the north, but why would the king, the heir to the throne, the grandson of David, the son of Solomon, why would he not have his coronation in Jerusalem? It seems like he already senses that there is some sort of unrest or dissatisfaction, or maybe the tribes up north refuse to come to his coronation unless he makes a gesture to them. Trouble is brewing, and Rehavam goes out of his capital, out of his safety zone, to make a gesture to the nation. What do they want? Interestingly, what they want is a, is a lowering of taxes. They say in Pasuk Dalad, verse 4, Avicha Hikshatuleinu, your father, um, pressed a, a very heavy burden upon us. And now lower the, the, the tax burden from the yoke, his heavy yoke on us. We're happy to accept your governance, say the people, but uh, we want to have an assurance that you will lower the, the burden upon us. Interestingly enough, leading them, they choose a, a character called Yoravam ben Nevat. Yoravam ben Nevat has been a dissident, an exile, because as we read in chapter 11, he had actually opposed some of some of Shlomo's grandiose building. Shlomo wanted to develop a whole place called the Milo and turn it into a royal compound for the daughter of Pharaoh. And Yoravam, who was in charge of the taxes of the tribes of Yosef, Ephraim and Manasseh, um, opposed it. He said, I'm not going to back that our tax money goes to take an area of public land and to give it to um, royal, royal purposes. In that sense, Yeravam is something of, how should I call him, maybe a sort of a Democrat, a liberal. He's somebody who represented the people against the crown. And Shlomo threatened him, and he went into exile. He went to Egypt and given protection by Shishak, the king of Egypt. But now the people call him back from his exile to represent them. So we have Yeravam against Rechavam. I know those names are sort of complicated and i've always wor- wondered whether yoravam 
was actually the name that he was given when he was born. After we have an, another example of somebody whose whose name was Gideon, but he was called Yerubal because he fought the Baal. I don't know what Yeravam's birth name was, but maybe he was called Yeravam Yarevam, he who fights for the people. Yarevam against Rachabam. Solomon called his son Wide Nation, Rachabam. Yeravam named himself he who fights for the people, the people's representative. So what do we have here? We have a new king just trying to find his way to be crowned out of his safety zone up in the north in the tribes of Yosef. And we have a people who are uh, requesting a tax break represented by Yeravam. Just uh, in parentheses, let me say that we discussed in chapter nine a sense of maybe a national recession, people having consuming too much and producing too little. It's clear here that these are not the good times um, at the beginning of Solomon's reign when money was free and easy. Now there is an economic crunch and the people are finding the tax burden way too much. So what does Rehavim do? He listens to their request and he says to them, um, give me three days to think about it. I've always thought about this image of giving them three days. You've got three days where all the nation have already gathered for a coronation and they're already maybe upset about the excesses of the Solomon Empire. And he gives them three days to stew in their juices. By the end of three days, tensions have risen and things are really at a point of eruption, an explosion point. And we'll see that they even were ready to stone people. What does Rukhavam do during these three days? Well, he's got two sets of advisors. His first set of advisors are the elders, the people who advised his father, Biotochai. And they say to him, pander to the people now, give them what they want, but eventually you win over their loyalty, and then eventually you can rule. They'll serve you, but for now, you listen to them. And then he takes advice from Hayaladim Ashegad Luito, a different set of young advisors. And they turn around to him and say, well, you really show them. Show them that you're the king and establish your authority. Now he turns around to them and listens to the young advisors instead of the old and says, almost an absurd thing. My little finger is wider than my father's waist. My father piled on a, a, a harsh load and I will add to your load. My father hit you with, with sticks and I will whip you. Now, this is all very interesting, but the rabbis turn around and say, you know what, never listen to young people. <laughs> if, you, if, if young people say to build and old people say to destroy, listen to the old people. I don't really think that this is to do with the age of the advisors. I think the old advisors and the young advisors have a very different mindset. The old advisors remember more simple, rustic times, and they understand that when the people say, that we're being crushed under the tax burden, they mean it. They remember poorer times. And they, they, they understand that you have to show sensitivity to the people in this difficult financial moment. However, the young people who grew up with uh, Rehavam are the jet set. They've grown up with a silver spoon in their mouth. They're the ones who drive the fancy sport cars and go to the nice resorts for vacations, if we could say it. They have this attitude of let them eat cake. They're totally, uh, in, 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 they're totally deaf to the suffering of the common people. And when Rehavim comes 
back with his imperious response, his very, very lording it over the people's response, they simply reject him. They turn around and say, We have no part in David. We have no portion in the house of Jesse. We don't need to be here. And indeed, they each go to their, they, they, they go back home. <laughs> and when Rechavam sends his tax collector, they stone him to death. And Rechavam manages to get out of there by the skin of his teeth. And Israel rebelled against the house of David till this very day. Now this line that we've heard, is actually a battle cry that we've heard before in Shmuel Bet Perekhaf, the rebellion of Sheva ben Bichri. And what we have here is a, an ethnic divide which has already been lying under the surface for a long time. Even in Saul's time, Judah always counted separately from the ten tribes. This is, you know, maybe a, a national division, maybe like an ethnic division like Sephardim and Ashkenazim, or right-wing and left-wing, which in good times, sort of, people get on very well. But when we come under pressure, it becomes like a fault line, like a, like a, a sort of a, a wound which is prone to, to unraveling, to, to, to coming open. And here, under the pressure of a nation who are asking their new king to understand their difficulties, and you have a, an imperious king who seems deaf to their needs, even worse, his advisors who can't even understand what the people are saying, and the king intends to sort of lord it over the nation and just show how tough he is. The people eventually say, we don't need this leadership. This leadership is not listening to us. And they simply split and create their own kingdom. This is just a terrible, terrible moment in Jewish history. The division of Israel from Yehuda. Many of the prophets later on, whether it's Jeremiah or Ezekiel, all dream and, and prophesy that eventually as a nation, we will unite. But as far as we know, that never, ever happened. It is amazing how a small localized crisis and add to that all of like subterranean age-old gripes and disgruntlement can cause a rift that is never resolved. I want to leave on a positive note, though, and say a good word about Rechavam, Shlomo's son. At the end of the episode, uh, Rechavam is about to do what any king would do. He summons 180,000 of his army to restore order and to restore all of the uh, control to him. And it's at this point that we see an, a, a prophet, Shema'ya Ish Elohim, who comes to him and says, don't do this. Don't engage in battle. Don't send any troops in order to restore order. Go home. Because this is a divine decree. This is the punishment for the period of Shlomo. I promised Shlomo that because of his sins, the kingdom would be split. And this is a an act which has come from God. Now, who would be able to listen to such a thing? And yet, Rechavam ben Shlomo, they listen to the word of God. Rechavam lets it all go. Let's nine-tenths of his kingdom go because the prophet tells him to. And for that, we can certainly give him a huge accolade. That's it for today. More tomorrow.
revolution. 